Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, September 26th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, a small-town kid, tall, handsome, and kind, was the star quarterback on his high school team who married his high school sweetheart, Mm. was drafted number one overall in the NFL draft, suffered the lash of critical doubts, suffered the pain of constant pressure, but kept his faith intact, his smile wide, his chin up, and won a Super Bowl in the end. It's actually an incredible story, but it falls short of reading like a studio film. Uh, Today's guest is the leading man of more of a made-for-TV movie. Mm. And that's not a criticism. The fact is, this man lacks the fatal flaws required for the ebbs and flows of a theatrical release. And thank God for it. Let's welcome back to the pod a man cursed with modesty and maturity. I give you David Carr. I kind of want to read that story. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> but like you lack yeah, the, great. you really do. You lack the, you know, the murderous rage. Yeah, there was no uh, real like violent yeah, killing spree. Yeah, yeah sorry so, about that. Buddy. Sorry, man. <laughs> but you know, Lifetime movies po- probably pay very, very well. It'd be great. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show, why we're asking the wrong question about the Miami Dolphins. It's not, are they the best team in the AFC? What's the right question? I'm about to tell you, and we'll get David's answer. Who beat up on Sean Payton more, Miami or Karma? Other questions, what should we make of what we saw from the Chargers? More to the point, Brandon Staley. But the first question we're going to answer, what did we learn on Monday night? Let's start with this. Mayfield back, dancing around. He is sacked back at the 30. Fletcher Cox and Jalen Carter. Football comes out, too. The former Heisman Trophy winner takes the snap. He pumps. He's looking. He fires. Short pass. Nothing, and the ball is fumbled and picked up, I think, by the Eagles. Carter made quite a hit. That was the Monday night MVP, at least from where I was sitting. Mm -hmm, Jalen Carter forced two fumbles, got in on a sack, and was such a disruptive influence that at their own one-yard line, 
after picking off Jalen Hurts, the Bucks were so afraid of Jalen Carter, they double-teamed him, <laughs> the rookie defensive tackle, yeah. allowing Eagles linebacker Nicholas Morrow to hop the spot and do this. Gives it inside, and there's going to be a safety! Rashad White was stacked for first safety. Final score, Eagles 25, Bucks 11. Jalen Hurts had a TD run, had a TD pass to Olamide yeah. Zacchaeus. That's close enough. I think that's right. It's Olamide Zacchaeus. Yeah, of course it. it is. Forgive me. I had it. it. I actually made it worse. I made it more difficult on myself, spelling <laughs> it out phonetically. DeAndre Swift, what a pickup he has been yeah. from Detroit. 16 carries, 130 yards. A.J. Brown doing A.J. Brown kind of stuff. Nine carries, nine receptions, rather, 131 yards. Look, Eagles got the win. They faced my commanders in week four. Don't forget, we gave Philly their first loss Last season, something tells me payback may be painful. Sam Howell, the number you need to know, 98. That's Jalen Carter, who, in the words of Darius Slay, is a grown man doing crazy shit. What did you learn from what you saw from either the Eagles or the Bucks last night in game one? Yeah, well, quickly, on the Jalen Carter note, I just found myself kind of back in time to when the Raiders had a chance to pick him. And a lot of teams, right? And yes. I'm thinking him opposite Max Crosby. But... The Eagles found their way to having a tremendous football player on their team. Yeah. Not that they needed it. Steal of the draft. They didn't even need it. But they grabbed him because he's a great football player. And he, he made a huge impact. And then to your point about you know them finding a way to overcome kind of over the last couple of years their woes against Tampa. And Jalen played great. You know He had been off to not a great start, I think, if you would have asked him. But... The way that he played, the big time throws, the run game was great. They're just loaded, man. And they played well against a team that they historically haven't played well against in the last couple of years. At least, you know, style wise, Todd Bowles has done a pretty good job. And they did. They they did a good job again, but Jalen made enough plays to where if you're looking at it like a Washington fan now, like, oh, we gave him a loss last year. I think I think that this team is now to a point in Philly where they just they've been through so many adverse situations. They've been on the mountaintop. They know what it tastes like to get there and lose. Like, they still have that hunger. It's a, it's a dangerously scary team, man, because they're so talented. And now they have that, we've kind of been through this before. We know how to get out of this mess type, you know, scenario. Yeah, they're scary. Would you agree they don't actually look all that convincing, and yet there they, don't, they are at 3 and they have this talented. incredible roster. They have yeah. this incredible talent. It's even scarier. And the assumption in our minds is, well, once they figure out what the hell to do with all this talent, they I'm more afraid of a yeah. I'm more afraid of a team like that than a team that beats people. You know, not that don't take anything away from what the Dolphins or the Chiefs have done, but a team that just cruises to a forty to nothing win. I learn more about Philly in a game like that than I do about you know one of those teams. Teams that may be suffering buyer's remorse now that they've seen what Jalen Carter turned into, oh, man. what we all kind of assumed that Jalen Carter would be. Carolina Panthers, look, they needed a quarterback. They took Bryce Young, number one. Houston Texans, they picked second and third. They needed a quarterback, and they got one. Then they got Will Anderson Jr., and I'm certain that will end up being a good pick. But the Colts had an opportunity. The Seahawks did. The Cardinals did. And, of course, as you mentioned, yeah. the Raiders did. And the Falcons as well to pick up Jalen Carter. Will they regret not having picked him up? Well, don't waste your time with regrets. He belongs to Philly now, and Philly is the better <laughs> right. for it. The next game, the last game of Week 3, Rams-Bengals in Cincy. It was a whiteout game for Bengals faithful, and their faith was rewarded. If 
not restored. Final score, Bengals 19, Rams 16. Stafford back to throw, has to scramble, sidearm throw, picked picked off. Intercepted at the 41 by Logan Wilson. Stafford to throw again, over the middle, deflected and picked off at the 22. Logan Wilson, two picks on a night in which defense defined. Mm -hmm. And yes, Burrow played on that calf, looked okay. He Mm -hmm. shortened his stride, if you were paying attention, and I know you were. Jamar Chase came out of hibernation, 15 targets, 12 catches, 141 yards. But Lou Anarumo's Bengals defensive unit gets the gold star, at least from this show. David Carr, the Rams will be a tough out most weeks. I think you can agree on that. Mm -hmm. And the Bengals... Well, they needed a dub in the worst way. You know sometimes that a win is the only stat that matters no matter what it looked like. Yeah, and I think that kind of to the Philly point with what we learned about a team that that goes through some adversity, I think that you can say the same thing about Cincinnati. Now, I don't know what that's going to mean playing Joe in a game like that long term for his health, but man, you got to admire the courage to go out there and then Zach Taylor to put him in a situation where he essentially was seven yards deep behind the center and he wasn't moving. And they said, we're going to roll the dice. We're going to let him do what he can do. And a 40% Joe Burrow is better than anything else that we can throw out there. Let's let him get the ball in his playmaker's hands. And, and they did a great job. And it was, a, it was impressive to watch because I know how hard it is to play in this league hurt and injured. I know that that's almost more of a mental hurdle than anything else. And I thought that as, as much as Joe may have struggled in the first half, I think that he was just getting warmed up, you know, and finding his way in that new scheme that they were trying to advance forward and get a win and they they didn't want to they were staring on three in the face and they just can't they can't let that happen so i thought that was incredibly courageous by joe to show up and go out there and i thought he played great under the circumstances and the defense has done what they've historically done over, over the last couple of years i think that um we've talked about this before but opportunistic defenses are better than you know even defenses that just suffocate you um, because they're able to just find ways to create turnovers. Offenses are too good in this league. You play against Matt Stafford, I don't care if he's without Cooper Cup, he's going to find a way to make plays. But if you can find a way to get some turnovers and create short fields for your team, I think that's the way you win. Listener, you heard me last week. I was ready to put Joe Burrow on the IR, or at least I asked if maybe it would have been a good idea to put him on the IR. It was probably two weeks late in asking, but the fact is, no, since he didn't put Joe Burrow on the IR, they put him on the field and he put them where they belong in the win column. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. 
T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my day. day. Oh, <laughs> you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with David Carr and... Before I move on to the main topic of this show, I want to ask you about the Miami Dolphins. Mm. I don't think you can let what happened this weekend go by without addressing this incredible performance that we saw from this team. We're going to talk about the Broncos and Sean Payton in a minute, but let's focus on the team that won that game and the way that they did it. I think we're asking the wrong question, David. Correct me if I'm wrong, because a lot of us in our world over the last maybe 72 hours have been asking this question. Are the Miami Dolphins, the best team in the AFC. Some have gone so far as to ask, are they the best team in the NFL? I'm not saying that those are stupid questions. I think they're interesting questions. I think the answer to both may be yes and yes. But I think the question we should be asking, is this sustainable? And that's my question for you, because you kind of intimated a moment ago. I learned more from an Eagles team that got a gritty win like they did last night than I do from a team like the Bills, who beat up on my commanders 38-3, the Chiefs, who beat up on a bad Bears team, and yes, the Dolphins, who beat up on a disheveled Broncos team. So let's talk about the Dolphins. Is it sustainable? Yeah, because the guts are there. You know, and I, when I, when I look at teams offensively that will put up you know, incredible numbers. Like, let's just take the Bills, since you brought them up, for example. Like, it's still a very much led Josh Allen making heroic plays type offense that is, when it runs into a defensive unit that can maybe exert a little bit more force, um, they're, they're going to find that there's some struggle there. When I watch Miami play, it is a different animal completely. Patrick Mahomes still has elements of Josh Allen, where he just makes heroic plays. And they're not necessarily within the confines of the X's and O's. A lot of times it's just him doing an insane play. I saw the other day with Patrick Mahomes runs up in the pocket and he's getting hit and throws, I mean, an absolute dime on the sideline on a deep corner route with perfect coverage, about 45 yards down the field. You just, how do you replicate that? How can you, can you do that every week? I mean, he does. Right, he does that. That's why he wins. But so you pointed I say, that play out crazy. when it happened, and you called it on the text chain. You called it. Um, you said something along the lines of he basically led the receiver. He said, 
go there by putting the ball there. He yeah, basically he, put the ball in a place that only the receiver could get great. it. And in doing so, and he's doing this while doing a waltz, dancing forward, yes, that's left, what's... and then right in the pocket. Mahomes, little pressure, steps away, floats one deep down the far sideline, and is caught. Beauty to Justin Watson. I just said it's insane. It's insane to me because I, I played this position like that's and it's insane to me it's like uh, another fighter pilot watching a Tom Cruise do something crazy in a movie like I just can't I can't do that right right and so yeah so he he throws the receiver open which is what we talk about in quarterback rooms but when we talk about that we're talking about clean pocket I see the coverage clean right? pocket designed play everything's fine right I got a good base <laughs> right. this dude's playing shortstop and throwing guys open 40 yards on the field so that's crazy right so I watch those teams play and they do heroic things like that but then I watch Miami and what, my, what Miami's able to do with Mike McDaniels and the speed that they've acquired on that football team, I mean, they showed the clip during the game. It's just track guy after track guy after track guy. The but six fastest ball carriers so far this season all play for the Miami Dolphins. Incredible. And then you take that and you and you couple it with... And Jalen Waddle wasn't even on the field. He wasn't even on the field. Oh, and by the way, Jalen Ramsey's not playing yet either on the other side. So that's maybe more possession. But sorry, sorry. Anyway. Please finish your thought. So I look at that. I got this. You have the speed. You have the components there. You have a quarterback that throws with great anticipation and puts the ball exactly where he wants to put it early, right? And he throws guys Gets open. it out quicker than anybody but Mike, in the NFL. But Mike McDaniels, I remember, I remember talking to him. He was a coach in Houston. And we probably talked about this on the podcast before. But he was just kind of like a, he didn't have a real job. He just would sit next to me in the quarterback rooms and Kubiak and Kyle Shanahan. They're all in there, right? And he's just kind of like, he would just say things, right? He's like, you know what? I remember one meeting I was in. He's like, if we, if we do offense like people have always done offense, we're going to get, eventually they're going to stop us. We have to think outside the box every week. We can do some of the same concepts, but we just have to dress them up and make them look different. Otherwise, eventually teams will stop you. And the crazy part, when you watch them play, you'll see a play action by Tua, and you'll see linebackers running the complete wrong direction. Like, they'll be turning and trying to hunt up receivers that aren't even there, that don't exist. And it's like, they, they, in their mind, they have an idea of what they think they're seeing. But man, that's so brilliant from a play caller standpoint. I, it's a joy to watch. I love watching them play. And yeah, it's because of the talent that they have, but it's more schematically. Because I don't know how you stop them on defense unless you can just apply mad pressure. But still, even then, as the run game is picked up this year, I, d I don't know how you defend them. You know, they just they they come at you so many different ways. And like my brothers always said, with Tyree Kill, you can throw him a you can throw him a five yard hitch anytime. The corners will literally give it to you. So they have five yards every play. If they want five yards, they have it. And Mike knows that, right? So he uses that to his advantage. It's as close to the Kurt Warner best show on turf that we've seen, and it's only going to get better because he. He keeps advancing it. He doesn't just sit still. And like, there's stuff that you watch the Miami Dolphins do that nobody else in football does. Like, it used to be that you could find stuff in college and be like, man, I wish NFL guys did that. Right. There's some things that Mike McDaniels does that nobody in the game is doing. And it's subtle, it's subtle things in the run game, it's subtle things in the pass game, but it's brilliant to watch. I love this answer. So the question isn't, are they the best team in the AFC? We've only played three games. Hmm. Maybe they are. It's not even, are they the best team in the NFL? We've only played three games. Maybe they are. The question is, is it sustainable? And according to David Carr, oh, man, it as is. long as Mike McDaniel doesn't run out of ideas, the answer to that is a very frightening for everybody else in the NFL, yes. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with the former number one overall pick, the Super Bowl champion, David Carr. And the next topic is really the only topic for the rest of the show. The topic is leadership. And it is said that attitude reflects leadership. Mm -hmm. And that will sound like a stinging condemnation if we apply that to what we witnessed from the Broncos this week. It is said that a good leader takes people where they want to go but a great leader takes people where they need to go. And that will feel like a jab at the Chargers if we apply it mm -hmm. to LA. It is said that innovation distinguishes the leaders from the followers. And that will feel like a rebuke of what we have seen from the Jets since Aaron Rodgers went down. Let's start with the Broncos and for it, let's turn to this man that I would follow without hesitation, David Carr. Where did your mind go when you watched this 70 to 20 game unfold, or maybe better writing, yeah. unravel for the Denver Broncos? This will be an angry locker room, and I would imagine a very frustrated and angry, angry coaching staff, including the head coach, Sean Payton. I will be completely honest. I have no earthly idea what to ask Sean Payton or Russell Wilson if either one of them actually will do the interview. I really don't. 
Well, this, it's, it's one of the first times where I've watched a Sean Payton-led team and thought to myself, the guy on the other side is out coaching this guy. That rarely happens, you know, and it was a situation that, you know, Denver really didn't have an answer. They don't have a pass rush. That's number one. Defensively, they quit. And that's, that's crazy to say in the NFL because this is, a, this is a job where they will replace you instantly. And Sean Payton will replace you instantly. He's old school. So he's going to watch this tape with a very critical eye. Offensively, their issues, it's really interesting to watch because if you look at Russell Wilson this year compared to last year, that's not really, that's not really the main issue. The main issue is deeper than that. I would, I would argue when you watch them play, in the first half, they've looked pretty good. They've had answers, and they've been able to move the football and score some points. And then the second half, it kind of deteriorates, and you kind of scratch your head, and you're like, well, why does that happen? And the main reason that that happens is Sean Payton's offense, historically, is a lot like other offenses. What he'll do is they'll throw you a dozen formations and just see how you line up. And what Sean's trying to do is get answers for later. Now, the only, th the only problem with that is, you know, the defense knows that too. So they'll play a pretty vanilla look early on, and they'll kind of let you have your completions. They'll let you do your thing. And then you can score some points there, and he, and he has. And if you play good defense on the back end, you got a lead, and now you win the game. But if you don't play great defense, and you find yourself in the second half, the defense is smart too. They're going to change those looks. And now it's the quarterback's job to kind of get it right. Where Sean has got it right in the first half, and he's kind of put you in position to get some easy throws. When you're really on script. Yeah, you're on script. That's exactly what it is. And you've ripped through it since Thursday. So you, you know what looks you're going to get. But quarters three and four, yeah. different scenario. That's up to Russell. quarterback. You have to read, process, digest it, and then regurgitate it, and then do that fast. And that's what we saw him struggle with last year. And he had a hard time with that. Even when we broke down the film with uh, Kurt last week on the show, I showed some free rushers coming that I knew Vic Fangio would do. That's exactly what they did. But if it's true, David, that attitude does reflect leadership and you suggest that the Broncos quit, does that mean that Sean Payton quit? Yeah, so I think that that's where you're going to find yourself in a really interesting spot now because the man has a five-year contract. I know you could say that the Denver Broncos ownership, maybe they went a little bit too far in giving a five-year contract to a guy that has been out of the league. Because, like, I go back to my first point, it, Mike McDaniel looked like he was in a different, he was in a different yes, world. Yes, he did. Right? So that's a whole other conversation that would get really interesting because five-year contracts for coaches don't just disappear, right? That's a, that's a big check to write. Um, but yes, but to answer your question, yeah, it, it absolutely is a leadership thing. And so the problem that they face in Denver is now Sean is a very old-school coach. He's going to push guys really hard. You think about like Bill Parcells, you think about even Dan Campbell last year with the Lions. He almost lost that team because when you push guys that hard, you have to win. Otherwise, they're going to be like, well, there's no reason that I'm working this hard on a Wednesday or a Thursday, and I'm putting my body through this for, for what you hear defensive linemen in the locker room after say, all I've ever done is lost here. Like, they just have the pain of, like, I can't keep doing this. So you, you run the risk of losing a locker room when you do that. And so that's, that's the danger. So Sean's in that position. I worry that he tempted fate and tempted the fates to invite the locker room to walk out on him yeah. before the season even began because his criticism of the previous regime was so stinging. Yep. And yes, he regretted it 
having said it, but A, he never really apologized for it. And once mm-hmm. it was out, it was out. And you can say till you're blue in the face that the person who came before me did the worst job I've ever seen. And yet you're indicting those players too, who that's a, that's exactly were working right. very hard for that man and who may have had a lot of love and respect for that mm-hmm. man. So that seemed dicey at best. Mm-hmm. Is this an unfair question? Who gave Sean Payton a bigger beating on Sunday, the Miami <laughs> Dolphins or karma? <laughs> no, it's very fair. I don't know. When you look at it as, a, as an analyst or a football fan, you know, hearing what he said about Nathaniel Hackett and about, about the guys in that locker room, sensitively, is you kind of weren't too upset. I kind of was rooting for McDaniels to kick the field goal at the end. You know, so I think that when because you find that yourself... that would have then been <laughs> yeah. historical. Historical, right? Most, but we're not going to forget that right, still, right? right. So, like, you not. can say all you want about Nathaniel Hackett and how bad his coaching job was, but you just got beat by, like, 50 or 60 points. Do you believe in where the Broncos are headed? Overarching. It well, was a terrible, terrible day, clearly, for the Denver Broncos. But do you believe in what you see, what you hear, and what you feel from Sean Payton about this Broncos' future? Do you believe in where they're going? Well, I... I do, but that, there's a caveat there because you have to think about how much money they spend on their quarterback and their head coach. They just don't have any players. This is not the same Broncos team that I've watched over the last two or three years, like or the last decade, really. This de- this defense has been way better, but they just have no they have no pass. If you don't have a pass rush in the NFL, you pretty much are going to lose. It's just I mean, if you can't get to the quarterback, quarterbacks are too good, offenses are too good, especially if you play against the Dolphins. This is what's going to happen. I, I do think that Sean is still a good coach because you just could look at the first half numbers and see that they, you know, points per drive, like all the stuff you look at, like they, they are a good, they're a good offense, uh, which I, it's crazy to say that, but he's, he has a schematically it's sound, right? But you got to have other components. You can't just have a sound offense. Remember that to get Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, the Broncos had to give up a first and a second rounder for Sean Payton two first rounders, two second rounders, a fifth and three players, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris, just to get Russell Wilson. So the Broncos are, to borrow a poker phrase, pot committed. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson aren't going anywhere, not in the immediate future anyway. And finally, I would say this, I hope that my karma question doesn't strike too many of you as snarky and unfair. I happen to believe in karma. And it is said that karma is the most patient of all assassins. And there are many ways to talk about karma. Do not judge lest ye be judged. Treat others as you would have them treat you. Throw the first stone. All of it. Mm -hmm. There are countless maxims to help us steer clear of judgment. And by the way, I fail constantly. So I don't mean to sound like I'm on some high horse. I'm below ground. So I actually feel for Sean Payton. He's guilty of being a human being flawed and ferocious and fragile too. Let's see how fragile in the days to come. I wonder what Nathaniel Hackett has to say about all this. I reckon (laughs) we will find out in the countdown to week five, because don't forget, remember we circled that date, you know, Jets, Broncos, the revenge game. Well, that's coming up in a couple of weeks, but for now, Denver has to face the Bears in a game that Sean Payton and Russell Wilson cannot afford to lose. Then again, Neither can Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields. (laughs) This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with David Carr. And the next case study for leadership, or lack thereof, is on display right across the street at SoFi Stadium. Chargers head coach Brandon Staley was eviscerated for this. Going to go for it. And what an awful decision. 
They did not get it on the run to Josh Kelly up the middle. Brandon Scaly, third-year head coach for the L.A. Chargers, just did his football best friend Kevin O'Connell a solid by making that decision. Up four against the Vikings. David, you saw it. It was fourth down and one under two minutes to go on the clock. One minute and 51 seconds to be exact. They're on their own 24. Now it's easy for us to say punt now. Sure. But I think we were all saying it. All of America was screaming punt at the television. In the end, the Vikings didn't capitalize. Kirk Cousins, a bit of confusion inside the 10, throws that pick. Brandon Staley off the hook, celebrates like he won a playoff game. Help us with this one, because the Fox guys immediately after the game are calling for Staley's head. Local radio around here, and I highly recommend, Brandon Staley, that you do not listen, because it is a posse <laughs> seeking vigilante justice out there. And, and I'm not in the business, we are not in the business of putting people out of a job. We want to celebrate the people who have the jobs in the NFL, Make the case that's unexpected, please. What is the case to make for why Brandon Staley is the right man for this team in this moment? Ooh. Or is that not a case that you can make? I can't make it. You can't. No, because, Drew, we've sat here, and I've had to watch him just get situation after situation wrong. And I don't care that it worked out. Like, I, I'm one of those, like, I don't, I mean, yeah, your defense bailed you out. And for whatever reason, Kirk Cousins wasn't able to finish the job from the 20-yard line, which is crazy. But that's just the wrong call. It's, I don't care. Like, you could say, oh, you should have ran a different play. You know, put in the quarterback sneak with Herbert. Like, run a different type of, like, fine. That's fine. You can put that in. But I still, if I'm a player, like, and I'm, I agree with you. I'm not one to ever want to say, oh, that guy shouldn't be in the position that he's in. Having been cut, I know. Like, every other player in the NFL, like, I know what that feels like. I've seen guys get fired. I've seen friends get fired as head coaches, as, as position coaches. It's the worst. But when you, can, when you consistently put your team in situations that is going to now put them in a position to where they could lose their job or have to move on or have to think, am I in the right place? Do I have to now move my family somewhere else? Because this guy, I can't trust him to make the right decision for my team. Now that's when I have to say something because Brandon has, he needs to listen to the show maybe, I don't know. But I'm not the only one saying this. It's very clear that you just shouldn't go for it in that situation. Punt the ball. Play defense. I mean... It was wild to me. It was There's wild. a word you just said that I think may be at the crux of the real issue here, and that word is defense. My quote for this situation was, a good leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they need to go. Mm -hmm. I don't know that bravado play calling is where this team needs to go. Specific to Brandon Staley, shouldn't he be taking this Chargers team to where he knows to lead them? which is on defense. He's a defensive guy. He was a linebacker's coach for the Bears. He was a linebacker's coach for the Broncos. He was a defensive coordinator with the Rams, and then he got this vaulted position as a head coach. Defense is what this man knows, and yet through the first point. two games, they scored 58 points, no turnovers, and were 0-2. That is unheard of. Justin Herbert went 40 for 47, 400-plus yards, three touchdowns. You saw it and almost lost. Offense isn't the issue here. We continue to talk about Brandon Staley's offensive decisions, and yet he's a defensive coach. In some ways, I wish he would hear, bro, dance with who brung you. It's the defense on your team that needs the help, not the offense. Do me a favor. Do them a favor. Stay out of the way. He, he calls the game in situations like an out-of-control offensive coordinator. That's so one of the Captain other... Ahab on offense, <laughs> like, and yet a real good steward. Yeah, if he if he stuck to what he knows. Yeah, and like give me some stability. Yeah, like I don't know of any defensive. I mean, is any defensive 
oriented head coach been this reckless with situations? I can't I can't think of one. Like you can look to Bill Belichick and he's made some aggressive decisions in the past. But that's over a 20 year span. We see this from Brandon every week. He does things that puts his defense in I mean, you're the you're the defensive guy. Why would you do that to your defensive unit? I've never I would never expect that. So that's I think that's where you could say, why do we need you? You're the defensive guy. If you're going to be a reckless offensive play caller, we have one of those. Kellen Moore is doing a great job. They're moving the ball up and down the field, throwing for a ton of yards. Justin Herbert, who's ever gone 40 or 46 or whatever he did? It's never happened, right? And that's crazy. 80-something percent with that many attempts. He's doing incredible. But you gotta, you got you to gotta help us out, man. Like, help me help you, right? That's the old Jerry Maguire phrase, right? Like, we're doing what we can. You brought in an offensive system, right? Good job bringing in Kellen. I don't even know if that was your call, but you're the defensive guy. You got to play situation. Imagine if you had that offensive unit with a defensive minded, we're going to play a good field position. We're going to win situations. Like that's not that hard to find out there. There are good coaches out there that would happily get off their couch and go do that for the Chargers. And they'd be a playoff team for it. Translation, TikTok, you're on the clock. You're running out of time, Brandon Staley. You know the criticism. You hear it. I know you do. You don't need my voice. He has a beard to now, Drew. He, has, he grew a beard. Know. That's the first sign of coaches. They grow facial hair when they don't have it. That's when they know they're on the way out. Very interesting. Uh, new theory, new translation. Uh, it's it's about the follicle. It's not about the football. <laughs> I'm just saying, if any, I could grow a beard and a goatee when he knew he was on his way out. Next thing's out. And finally, the Jets. Joe Namath had a lot to say today about this team. The big point of discussion today is about Zach. Did you take anything positive out of his performance yesterday? You know what? No, I didn't take anything positive out of it yesterday. It was awful. You sit down. You sit down on the play, you go right down. And Wilson goes down to the end zone. Oh man, a little unawareness by the quarterback though. Whole pocket's collapsing around you. You spun out the prior play. You know your offensive line's really struggling right now, as we are at times. But man, just poor awareness by Wilson. What happens? I thought you're trying to win and make plays. You quit on a play. What is going on? It's disgusting. Now, Aaron, he got hurt. Okay, well, what do you think you have backups there for? They're ready to go. They're supposed to be ready to go. We're looking at an offense that just doesn't play well. Uh, you, you've got an offensive coordinator that doesn't seem to be calling the right plays. I, I, I just think it, for a fan, for this fan, they need to make major changes from top to bottom. How can a coach say the locker rooms together? How many teams have we been on? Are you telling me there aren't some cats on the defensive side saying, whoa, man, what's wrong with you? Yeah, there's not all harmony in the locker room. And if there is, they need to get rid of the people. You gotta get people in there that are competitors and wanna fight to win. These guys don't have to be in love with each other. And if, they, if they're saying they're in love with each other, they're BSing you. And you got to get rid of them, top to bottom. David Carr, you know Robert Sala. You like Robert Sala. I do. You believe in Robert I Sala. Do. Mm -hmm. And you would probably agree that he is not to blame for a quarterback going down. But my quote for this team was that innovation distinguishes the leaders from the followers. Steve Jobs said that. Mm -hmm. He knew a thing or two. No Aaron Rodgers. 
And whether it's Zach Wilson or Trevor Simeon or whomever is required, innovation is the challenge of the moment. Is Robert Sala not, along with Nathaniel Hackett, responsible for innovating with who is left on the roster when you consider that this is a roster teeming with young, brilliant talent? Isn't innovation the challenge? Yes, yes. I would, Isn't I, winning in spite of a worst-case scenario still the challenge? It is. And you have, to, you have to look at your group that you have and your quarterback and find out where your strength is, realize that it's on the defensive side, and then play to that. And you could argue, well, they did in a 15 to 10 loss, you know, against New England. But I would say they didn't because you still, when I watch them play, it's still a very spread out kind of, we're going to run the football, but we're going to try and throw it around. Because I think what happens is you have Garrett Wilson you, and you have a, you get, you get some veteran wide receivers that feel like they can win. And unfortunately, I think that Nathaniel Hackett is swayed by that a little bit. And he tends to just kind of say, all right, let's try it. Let's just, let's throw it. But man, you have to build like inside out a strong, strong run game. The problem is I don't know that he's equipped to do this. I think what he's equipped to do is what Aaron Rodgers is equipped to do. And that's spread the field with three or four wide receivers. We'll run it when we have a good look, but I'm gonna let Aaron orchestrate this thing. The problem is Aaron's in a boot, right? And so it's just, it's terrible because I, I like Robert Sala a lot, but kind of to your question, I don't think that he, I don't think he could do anything. He, he's gonna say the same things you're saying. Let's run the football. Let's be this, this team. Let's play physical. We'll play good defense. Just play quarterback three or four times a game. That's all we need. I don't think that Robert, and I love him, I don't think he has anything beyond that to offer. But that's not a knock on him. Right. He's the defensive guy. Correct. He's put together a great defense. Correct. Um, He's doing what Brandon Staley should be doing in, exactly. in L.A. for the Chargers. If Robert Sala was the head coach of the Chargers, I mean, what are we even talking about? We're right? talking about a team that is probably the biggest threat to the Chiefs. Yes, 100%. in their own division, but possibly also in the end. 100%. So when people come at Robert right now, I'm like, hold just tap the brake a little bit. Right? Let's just think about this. Let's think about what's actually happening here. And then Rob says the same thing. He gets that Nathaniel Hackett a lot. And I understand, right? But Nathaniel, he runs a specific system with a specific guy, and he has for the last 10 years. And now he faces a specific challenge, and that yep. challenge is to adjust, is yep. to adapt, adapt or die. It is called That's natural right. selection. It is true in the, in the animal kingdom as much as it is true in the NFL, and it is time for this team to innovate and to adapt, or they will die. Yep. Your final message, David Carr to coaches on the hot seat and in the hot spotlight, what would you tell them in the way of a pep talk? Because they've heard enough criticism from us and everyone else this week. It's time for them to focus on the next challenge at hand. What's the best way for them to do it? Build a system that highlights your star players and build a system that also negates the other team's star players. Like it's Bill Belichick all over again. That's all, I mean, just duplicate Play to that. your strengths. Play to your Take strengths. Take away theirs. Trust your best players, right? If you empower those guys, they, that permeates through the whole locker room. They'll have your back, and then they'll go push your, your message forward and then make good decisions. Like, just make the right decision for the right time. I don't care if you have to get a posse of friends and put them in your Bluetooth earpod, right? If you're making the right decision at crucial times and you put your guys in a position to just make the right play, just trust them. 
most teams have enough players to do that. Now, there's some rosters that are lacking, but trust your guys and make the right decision. In the end, attitude does reflect leadership. So Jets, Broncos, and Chargers, the question is, what will your attitude be this week? My recommendation to Sean Payton and Brandon Staley and you too, Robert Sala, is to channel your inner Jonathan Gannon, the MVP of week three that no one is talking about it. Think about it. At the end of week two, they gave up a 21-point second-half lead to the Giants to go 0-2. And the sky was falling in the desert. And Jonathan Gannon, they were, they were ready to run him out of town if you were listening to Phoenix and Tempe era radio that week. Something he said to that team after that game and all this past week made a change, changed the attitude and changed the altitude of their spirit and their play. And they came back and they beat the Cowboys. I don't know if Jonathan Gannon has fairy dust or not, but I know this is that that is the kind of resilience, that is the kind of adaptive spirit that Robert Sala and Brandon Staley, and yes, you too, Sean Payton, Super Bowl champ and veteran, you guys better summon up the courage to change in these conditions, because if you don't, you're in trouble. I want to thank today's special guest, David Carr, who will be back tomorrow morning for a Wednesday watch list. The matchups you better make time to watch in week four. Bills and Dolphins better make his list. If they don't, I'm going to put it on his list. Plus, five things you may have missed in week three, courtesy of Bridget Condon. That's bright and early tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is where projects come to life. Our showrooms are designed to inspire with the latest products from top brands, curated in an inviting, hands-on environment, and a team of industry experts to support your project. We'll be there to make sure everything goes as planned, from product selection to delivery coordination. At Ferguson Bath, Kitchen, and Lighting Gallery, your project is our priority. Find great brands like Vosh at your local showroom or visit us online at ferguson.com build.